the Lord. What a mighty name, the name of Jesus. And at that name, every knee has to bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Amen. What a mighty God he is. How wonderful it is to serve him today. Be in his presence together. Amen. Knowing he's God that supplies all our needs. Amen. Hallelujah. You ought to expect the miraculous today. You ought to expect heaven to come down. You ought to expect every stronghold to be broken. The name of Jesus exalted. Lifted high. Amen. Let God manifest himself in his people. Because he's God. He's here to minister to you and to your need. Amen. He predestined the service before the world began. He knew everyone that would be here. Amen. Every situation. And he's here to meet every need. Amen. This is no coincidence today. Amen. It's a, it's a divine appointment. Amen. A predestined moment. And we believe him today. Amen. Yesterday, he, someone in my memory is a young man. Last time I saw him was 18 years old. That was 40 years ago. 40 years ago. And as I tell you this, I hope you come to church with your dancing shoes on. Because this is a time where prodigals are coming home. God's reaching out and getting us. His elect, even those that have been straying away. David Vermillion drove down here from Tulsa yesterday, and I met him here at the church, and we met right here at the altar. And I led a prodigal son back to Christ. And he's going to be baptized today in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Speak the name of Jesus over your family. Don't give up on the harvest. Look, man, look like sometimes it's not ever going to come, but don't give up on the harvest. In due time, you will reap if you faint not. Don't give up on it. Amen. After the service today, this morning, we'll have a Thanksgiving Christmas fellowship meal. I appreciate you participating in that. We look forward to that, being together, having a little fellowship together. The late afternoon, we're going to have a divine healing service. I told you something was very special for tonight. We're going to have a very wonderful service where the sick will be ministered to. But it'll be during the communion service. And we'll finish up with foot washing. And so... Um, this morning, we want to just begin just talking to the Lord just a moment. Let's just speak it. Speak to Him. God knows every need, every situation in your life. Maybe you'd just like Him to come by your pew today and say, I've got a need. It's in my family. It's in my situation. Lord, speak. Deal with hearts and lives. 
Lord, this is a day where mountains will move. This is a day where victories will happen, where great joys will be expressed and the love of God will be manifested in salvation and healing and deliverance. The shout of the King is already in our midst as we have been worshiping you this morning. And we're looking for that divine inspiration, Lord, knowing without it we're failures. But with it, Lord, we can speak a word that will have life in it. And that life will bring changes in people's hearts and people's lives, even in their mortal bodies, will be healed. We're looking to you, Lord. We know you're the one who authored our faith and you will finish it. You're the one that's called a bride in this day. You're the one that will perfect it. I pray, Lord, every need will supply. You saw hands lifted up all over this place. You know the needs that are there. And we're just asking God that you would just speak to their hearts in a, in a real way today. May the gates of hell be shaken. As the people of God look into the word and see the promise of God's word for them. May they lay hold on the promise. We're your children and we believe you. We're inviting you to come and speak to us now. Lord, there's many ways that you speak. You spoke through the many ages, down through the ages. You left with us the written word that you spoke through. Lord, you spoke to us in this generation, brought us back to the faith of the fathers. And we have arrived. And Lord, we believe that you're speaking today. And when the Spirit speaks, things begin to happen. So let the Spirit speak today and minister the hearts of your children, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're going to have three scripture readings this morning. We'll start with Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. And this is actually where that... I was trying to end up on last Sunday, so we'll pick up here on this, this passage of Scripture and go forward from here. And um, we're going to be taking our text from this verse 6, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. <laughs> have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And as we approached 2020 last year, and, and, and uh, looked in, into this year, and I began with this very passage of Scripture 
uh, the opening of this new year. And uh, as we looked into it and as we come down to the end of it, we're right here back at the same scripture again. Mark chapter 11 verse 20 is where we'll read from our next um, passage. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, <clears throat> that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, <clears throat> I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Also, Revelation chapter 10, verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And as I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I'd eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. God bless you. You can have your seats. We've been preaching in regards to Revelation chapter 5, which we didn't read today. But it shows the book of man's lost estate. And it is in the right hand of God. The one that sits upon the throne. And there is a lamb that represents our kinsman that takes the book. He had been slain at Calvary. But um, here in Revelation 5, we find the transfer of the title to everything that Adam lost. And it's been taken uh, for man by a man, a kinsman redeemer. Now, the book leaves from being held in his right hand, which represents the power of God. That nothing or no one who is unworthy could take it, uh, and it, it moves it from there to the legal transfer of the lost estate back to the hands of man again. Now, I want to just uh, share with you again, to be given his title is not enough. We, we must go and possess the land of promise. As you could see that Joshua was told, take the book and it must not depart out of your mouth. But you must meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in that book. But then you must, you must then possess that land. And it must be taken. Joshua was commanded, take the land. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail thee. 
or forsake thee. What unfailing words of promise today. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. The, the, the mysteries given to the seventh angel then is not enough. The book must be taken and consumed and meditated upon, digested. And it must not depart from our mouths, but must be spoken or prophesied to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And we must do, observe to do all that it says. I hope you see a correlation between them taking title to their land and back there with Joshua in our day of our command to take title to our land. And, you know, there again, we must observe to do all that it says. If it says cast out devils, we must observe to do that. Amen. We must not make deals with the devil. We must not let them camp down upon our land. We must not make treaties with the enemy. We, will, we must not make peace with them. We must not allow them to live with us. Amen. This ought to be an assertion from every heart today. We're not going to let the devil um, live with us. We're not going to let him rule our lives and dictate our behavior. We're not going to let him have a toehold in a promise of God. Amen. And so um, we, we find in, in um, how that God would bring Israel out and, and he would use this with his outstretched arm. And we spoke about that arm of the Lord last Sunday. I want to pick up some of those thoughts again that we were ministered upon. But Exodus 6 and verse 6, that these are the words of Jehovah God to Moses. Wherefore say thou unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. I, I liked how God is so positive. Amen. There's no question if and or but about it. But I will. I, I will bring you out. I will rid you of your bondage. I will redeem you with an out, outstretched arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. That, they, these are promises for us today. I will take you to me for a people. Because again, God is calling a bride in this end time. And I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptian. And I will bring you into the land concerning which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for a heritage. I am the Lord. Amen. Here he's declaring himself as the I am God, the present tense, the God who is ready now to fulfill his word. I have come down to deliver. 
And, and of course, we are, we are reading in Revelation chapter 10. We didn't read the verse, but we read the latter verses where we saw a mighty angel come down from heaven. And he comes down for the very purpose of deliverance. I want you to get in mind that his whole purpose is for redemption. His whole purpose is for deliverance. Amen. To give to you the lost estate. To restore back to you the lost inheritance. You know, Moses was the earthly arm that God displayed his power through. His arm lifted the staff that became the serpent that swallowed up the impersonators. His arm took the rod and smoked the Nile River and turned it into blood. His, uh, his, his arm took the rod and smote the ground and, and it, it began to crawl with lice and, and other vermin that came out because of the arm of the Lord bringing judgments upon the enemy. His arm took the rod and held it toward the heavens and parted the Red Sea. Amen. Amen. You know, Moses' arm would take the rod and he would smite the rock and water would come out of a rock. Amen. The driest place in the wilderness. The least expected place to find it. But it come out of a rock when the arm of the Lord smote it. Are you with me? Amen. And the enemies of the Lord were defeated when, the, when the Moses took the rod and lifted his arm against the enemy. Amen. And the, and the enemies of God were defeated. You say, well, I wish I had that rod. You have one better. It's the name of Jesus. Amen. That name of Jesus is the rod of Moses, and you are commanded to lift up that rod. Amen. Just like we heard the song saying, you sung a moment ago, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Speak it over my enemies. Speak it over the, the Red Sea that is in front of me. The hindrance that is holding me back from the promise. Amen. I am here to speak the name of Jesus. That rod of the name of Jesus has showed its power time and time again that it can bind the serpent. It can heal any disease. Amen. It can take care of any sickness. It can make a way where there is no way. Come on. It can conquer any enemy. It makes the bride the master of circumstances. The name of Jesus is the great equalizer. Amen. It is even more than an equalizer because you're more than a conqueror. Amen. It doesn't just barely give you the promise. It gives you more abundant power to take it. And now is the transfer of the, of the time of the transfer of the arm of Moses to Joshua that we read about this morning. And to do this, Joshua, you must be strong. And of good courage. You know, we New Testament believers have also been told to be strong. Ephesians 6.10, Paul would sum up the great um, armor of the believer. And then he would say, finally, my brethren, after being equipped with all of this, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
You see, to be strong in the New Testament, it comes from the word dunamis, which means inherit power. Amen. Such as Jesus used to perform miracles. Amen. When Jesus was touched by the woman with the issue of blood and she touched his garment, he actually said, I perceive that dunamis has went from me. I perceive that power has flowed from me to somewhere. Amen. And so, again, this word, is, he commands us, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That, that means to be filled with inherent, active, achieving power. And because we're strong in the Lord, it's the same power that he has. Amen. In, inherent power means inborn power. It's a permanent, essential characteristic of your new birth. Amen. Amen. Because this is what he said about your new birth. Here is, what is, here is where you're born with inherent power, inborn power. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tear you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. You see, this is the promise to every believer. When he tells you to be strong, he tells you to use the resource of that new birth that is inside of you, that you have an inborn power. Amen. And that power is a power from on high. That power is the Holy Ghost that has come upon you. That is a power of, of, of your Christ that is living on the inside of you, that gives you overcoming power. It's the power to live an overcoming life. Amen. For with this power you shall cast out devils. With this power you shall resist them and they shall flee from you. Amen. With this power you will heal the sick. Amen. With, with this power you will, you will set the captives free. Amen. Those that are in chains of sickness and disease and bondage or addictions and, and sin, set them at liberty. That's the whole thing that the church is to do. As I have said, the principal job of the church is to cast Satan out. Amen. But it's going to take somebody who knows their God. It's going to take somebody who takes what he says and says, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be valiant and fight. Get ready. Amen. Press the battle. Give everything you got. It not only tells you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, but he says in 2 Timothy 2, 1, my son, be strong in the grace. Oh, my. Amen. You ought to know today you're favored. You've been hearing sermon after sermon, you're favored. It's his grace upon you. It's his mercy that endures forever. It's his favor upon your life. You're highly favored. Is that right? Be strong in the grace. Amen. Be strong proclaiming I'm favored. I'm a child of the king. Amen. I'm a son of God. I know who I am. I am the redeemed. And this is my land. And this is my promise. And this word is my word. Joshua 1 and 6. Let's look at that again. Be strong and of good courage, there's so much to preach from here. For unto this people, 
Listen, here's the reason to be strong and good courage. For under this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. If we'd have read the whole chapter of Revelation 10, we would have seen that he lifted up his hand and swore by him that liveth forever and ever. Amen. That there would be time no longer. There would be no delay in holding the promise back. It's the time of inheriting all things. It's the time of the rapture. It's the time of the body change. It is the time of the resurrection. And if it's the time of the resurrection, then it's the time for divine healing. It's the time for the power of God to be displayed. Amen. But only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. Amen. If it said cast out devils, cast them out. It said, heal the sick, heal the sick. If it said, freely receive, freely give, then freely give. Quit holding back the promise. Amen. Too many want to hold it back. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, mercy is over. Mercy for who? Amen. When God opens, no man can shut. When God shuts, no man can open. So when did God die and leave you in charge then to shut up mercy? Amen. But be strong and be very courageous. That thou mayest observe to do all according to, the, to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn up from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, and thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Do you know, be, be not afraid is written 365 times in the Bible. It's enough forever for a daily reminder every day to be fearless. Don't be afraid, be fearless. Amen. Well, as Brother Branham said in Thirsting for Life, he said, what ought it do to the children of God, the sons and daughters of God? We ought to conduct ourselves as real children of the King. Amen. We should be fearless when it comes to making the decision on God's Word. If God says so, stand by. God said it. It can't fail. If God promises eternal life, we have eternal life. He can no more lie than he can cease to be God. I'm so glad to serve a God like that. Amen. Oh, as he would say in God called man, God today is trying to empty the world out of us and get us to, come, to empty ourselves out and be fearless men and women who love God and who will stay with God and will cross the separating line, Jordan, where he, that he can use us for his glory. How many is ready to go totally into the promise? Amen. Today, laying in there might be your healing. There, are, there is, let me tell you, friend, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. 
You can't desire anything except what God has it for you. God has it laying right there in every promise of every word. Are you with me? Amen. As I was with Moses, he said, when we get to that river, it divides us. It separates us. Once on the other side, something has happened to you. You see, it's out of the wilderness into the land of the Holy Ghost. Now, Joshua, in all his knowing that the command would be great, but having the assurance, he could be fearless. He could be what we call reckless. As long as he was pointed the right way, he might break up against a heel that would knock him backwards, but he was headed the right way. And so can the church of the living God be reckless and fearless in faith if we're pointed the right way. For he said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. He never forsaken Moses, did he? Amen. He never failed Moses, did he? Amen. He will not fail Joshua, and he will not fail us. He'll be with us. Oh, my. Was he with Moses? Amen. We can look through the other moves. He didn't fail in the days of Paul. Come on, church. Amen. And let me just tell you, after he left, there wasn't less power. There was a double portion given. Is that right? Amen. After Jesus, after Jesus ascended, there wasn't less power. There was more power. Amen. Just like when Elijah went up and uh, there was thrown back down his mantle with, with a double power, with a double anointing. Is that right? Amen. He didn't fail in the days of Paul. He didn't fail in the days of Luther. He didn't fail in the days of Wesley. He didn't fail in the days of the Azusa Street or the divine healing movement, and we can be sure he won't fail us today. Amen. Joshua could look back at Moses and see that God had never failed him one time, never abandoned him. Amen. It's like Moses said when when he said, my angel will go with you. He said, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. Amen. That's exactly the way we ought to feel today. If the angel ain't going with us, we don't want to go anywhere he's not going. Amen. But Moses, his works expressed the faith of the promise of God that he believed. Pharaoh could see that this man believed. I mean, you know, he, he maybe couldn't see how fa- uh, Moses was going to accomplish what he was trying to do. He probably doubted that it would ever happen. Uh, but he knew that Moses believed this or he wouldn't be standing in the palace with a stick in his hand. Amen. He believed this. And he was reckless with it. He was bold with it. He was courageous with it. Can you imagine to walk up in front of the Pharaoh when one arrow could have taken you out? One spear, one sword. But he walks in there with thus saith the Lord, courageous. And he says, let my people go. Amen. Brother, if Moses could do that with Pharaoh, what about us toward every devil that wants to hold God's people back? Amen. We ought to have full assurance. Amen. What, what was there to be afraid of? You know, there, there again, God had said to him up there on Mount Sinai, said, you will bring the people back and worship here. 
Is that right? He said this to Moses, and Moses knew now there was no spear could kill him. No arrow could take him out. No Pharaoh could defeat him. He was told by Almighty God that you will bring the people back and worship here in this mountain. And God has said there will be a rapture. There will be a resurrection. There will be a meeting in the air. Hallelujah. Are you with me? And there ain't no devil big enough to take this bride out of here. Amen. To hold her back, to make her captive, to keep her in bondage. God said, you're going to come to this mountain. Amen. We know where we're going to at the end of this journey. Amen. God has promised it. There's a land beyond the river. So we must be fearless in our testimony. You look at a promise of God and say, God gave that. God made that. And in a bankrupt heaven before God goes back on his word. Amen. If it's revealed to you, you can be fearless. Amen. You don't care what the world says about you. You're fearless. When it's revealed to you, you know this is a truth coming from God. And then you can be fearless. If not, you can't be. You're just going on your own. But notice he said, this word must not depart out of your mouth. Amen. You must think on it. You must devise with it. You must plot with it. You must utter it. And you must speak it. You must observe to do all that is written therein. As I said, if it said, heal the sick, you must observe to do that. You must determine to heal the sick. As a church body, come on. We must be a church that determines there will be no sick ones. That there's nothing too great. No problem too hard. No situation. No one too lost. No loved one strayed too far away. No prodigal that can't come back home to God. Amen. We, we must have that very fearless testimony. Nothing, nothing, nothing is going to stop us. Amen. If it says cast out devils, then we determine cast out the devil. If it says preach salvation to the lost, then we'll proclaim deliverance to the lost. Amen. Joshua was to take the lost inheritance and divide it to the people. I think of this right here when we talk about the word and the promise. How many believes we've got a message in this day? And it was the word of the Lord. Amen. Well, let me tell you what you got in that. In the message, unchangeable God working in an unexpected way. He says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. Now, we wonder how the world ever got here. The Word of God created the world. Hebrews 11 said, the world was made out of things which did not appear. And God spoke it into existence because He was God. He said, let there be. And so it was. In the beginning was the word, and the word spoken was creative word. And every word that's spoken cannot be taken back for a mistake. 
Then in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, which is Christ. And now the Word of God written in the Bible is His Word to us. And every promise, say that with me, every promise has the same power of creation behind it. That the Word of God, God's Word did at the beginning. If we believe it to be the Word of God, it depends on where the seed falls. If it falls into ground, a ground that can create a moisture, a nourishment around the promise that God will bring forth every promise the Bible made. Why, the right mental attitude toward any divine promise of God will bring it to pass if you'll just look at it and take care of the word just right because the infinite God spoke it, God's word. Hallelujah. Every word written in the Bible is his word to us. Every promise has the same power of creation behind it. Amen. 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 Now, when he is told to take the book and eat it and prophesy, then those words had power of creation. Are you with me? Now, when the lamb, as a man, took possession of the book, having been transferred from the hands of God to the hands of man, we find it saying this in Revelation 5, 8, when he had taken the book. The four beasts and the four and twenty elders fought down, fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Notice this, that when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders, now that's the anointing, the living creatures that anoint him, that's the lion, the man, the ox, the eagle. That's your four beasts. And the four and twenty elders, which is, represents both covenants. The old covenant and the new covenant. Somebody with me? Amen. Because there's 12 patriarchs and 12 apostles. So now we have 24 elders. And they fall, fall down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors which are the prayers of the saints. Now, and the Bible said, and they sung a new song. Now, I want to get a point here. When the Lamb took the book, they began to sing a new song. Amen. They began singing a new song. Now, there comes a new worship out of them when they take the book. Listen, when when Moses and them crossed the Red Sea on the way to the promised land, amen, what they do? They sang the song of Moses. Amen. It was a song of victory. Now, I'm just going to tell you, you can't sing these kind of songs down at Babylon. You can't sing these kind of songs in a denominational system. Amen. But when you come to, the, to take the land of promise, listen, it's a new land to us, but it's an old land. It's the land of Paul. It's the land of Peter. It's the land of Jesus. Come on. And we are people of the book. 
Are you with me now? We are the people of the book. But now when the book is taken by a man, which is Christ Jesus, they all begin to sing a new song. It's no longer in the hands of God, but now it's being returned to man again. Man is getting the title to everything that he lost. And when he does, then all heaven begins to worship. Amen. All the saints begin to worship. Amen. The anointing begins to worship. The 420 elders begin to worship. Now, like I said, you can't sing these kind of songs down in Babylon, down in a denominational system. Psalms 137 verse 1. This is while Israel was in the captivity uh, down in Babylon. You know, all of these are not the Psalms of David. They, some of these were written while they were down in captivity. And he writes, he says, uh, the, the songwriter is writing, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. And I think that's what it ought to be when we think of the land that Paul and Peter and James and John, the book of Acts and the promises of God, and we see that we're not enjoying the blessings of that. It ought to cause us to weep. Amen. We sat down and we wept when we remembered Zion. We were by the rivers of Babylon. Amen. We hanged our harps upon the willers in the midst thereof. We just, we just hung our harps. We can't sing. We're out of the land. Amen. We are out of our promised land. We're out of our homeland. We're out of the place where miracles happen, where signs follow them that believe. Come on, we're in a land of many gods where they baptize in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We're in the land, come on somebody, we're in the land, we're in a strange land down in Babylon with many gods and many idols. Are you with me? Amen. So we just hung our harps on the willow trees. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. They wanted us to sing. And they that wasted us required us a mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. So he said, our captors had us and said, sing to us. Sing those joyful songs that you sang down there, in the, there when you had triumph over your enemies. Sing those songs. There's power in the blood. Amen. When, when you, you, it becomes an empty praise and, and, and meaningless worship of power in the blood when there ain't even enough power to take away alcohol and drugs and pornography and all the other kind of sins. Come on. Amen. The, the power in the blood, when we sing about that, we're singing about a power that is in the blood, that'll take away sin, the desire of sin. It'll take away pornography. It'll take away sin of every kind. It'll rid you of unbelief. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. It'll heal your sickness. It'll cast out devils because there's power in this blood. Hallelujah. 
Amen. They said, sing us one of those songs. Let me tell you, those are joyful songs. When you're in the land, there's a joyful song that comes out of your heart. And there's a new meaning to every song you sing. Because you can't sing these songs down in Babylon. With the same spirit we sing as free people today. Amen. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem. If I forget the upper room. Come on. If I forget the acts of the Holy Spirit. If I forget the gospel of St. Paul. If I forget the promises of Jesus. Let my right hand forget his cunning. Amen. Oh, if I do not remember thee, let the tongue, my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. Let me not be able to speak words of promise, words of life, words of prophecy, words that are creative. If I don't remember thee, if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy, here ought to be the joy of the church. Are you with me? This, is, this new worship and praise is about something new God has done. Thou art worthy to take the book. A man is worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to thy God, to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Oh, hallelujah. And it made us. I want you to watch this word. He had made us. That means he has positioned us. Under our God, kings and priests. And we shall reign over the earth. Is somebody with me now? Amen. The taking of the book of the lost estate by man causes the elect to sing a new song. Amen. This song says we are bought by the blood out of every people. And that blood has cleansed us, made us God's people. Amen. The very fact he redeemed us by the blood shows we're God's people. Amen. Because only a kinsman does that. So we have to be kinfolk to him by a new birth. And he had made us by taking the book of the lost estate. He had made us kings and priests of that estate. Amen. Now, wait a minute. You are now kings and priests over a lost estate. Are you with me now? And the Bible says... That by being positioned here, and we shall reign. Don't you miss this? We shall reign. Amen. We shall reign. That means we shall exercise kingly power over the earth. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, just begin with this earth. Just begin with this body. Amen. He's made us kings and priests. Amen. To mediate as a priest the promises of God to this earth. Amen. To do the same thing as king. To have dominion over this body. Sin will not reign over you anymore. Amen. But you shall reign in righteousness over sin. 
Amen. Oh, yes. So this earth, my body shall not be subject to sin and unbelief, for I will reign over this earth. My body shall overcome diseases because I am a king that reigns over this earth. My body, my hands, my mouth, my mind will not serve Satan. Amen. It will not obey the devil. Amen. Because I am king over my hands, my feet, my eyes, my body. And I will reign over this earth. I will bring it subject to every divine word of God. Amen. As a priest, I will mediate the promises of this book to others. And even to my flesh, bringing myself subject to it. Now, Turn with me to Revelation 10 and verse 1 for, for scripture reading here. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven. He's clothed with a cloud and a rainbow upon his head and his face as it were the sun and his feet as, in, as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book and it's opened and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. This one who holds the open book in his hand descends with it. It's not to remain in the heavens. In fact, to the matter, it has been opened by the Lamb. And I like the way Brother Branham says it in the breach. And he said, and when he tore the seal off the book, he hands it down to his seventh angel on earth. Amen. So you see, this is exactly what, it was the Lamb, not Brother Branham, it was the Lamb who opened the seals. But he sends a mystery down to his prophet on earth. For it said, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he should begin to sound, the mystery of God would be finished. Is that right? Amen. And so he has in his hand now a little book open, sets his foot, his right foot on the sea, his left on the earth. Now, he descends with it. Notice, I want to get this thought to you this morning. The book does not remain in the hand of him that was on the throne. The book does not remain in the hand of the Lamb. The book is transferred. Come on. The book is transferred to the earth by the mighty angel coming down and anointing coming down, transferring the book to a people on the earth. Now we're not talking about a book in the heavens. Or book in the hand of God that's on the throne. Or now the book in the hands of Jesus. So, oh, Brother Tim, it's the hands of Jesus. Glory to God. Jesus has got it. But what about you? Amen. If the book remains in the hand of Jesus, then only Jesus has it. But I want you to know his work as kinsman was not for himself. As God, he had the book. So he became a man to take it for man in Christ Jesus in order to transfer the title back down to his people. Hallelujah. This is exactly what he's saying to Joshua when he hands him the book. He said, this book. 
I'm handing you title to the land. And you must observe to do it all. You must say, you must observe, and I'm bringing it to us now. You must observe, I'm going to be part of that resurrection hour. I'm going to be part of that rapture. Amen. That rapture is me. You say, Brother Tim, the Lord could come and leave you here. No, he can't. I am the rapture. Amen. I am the reason he came. That rapture is mine. The rapture was not for him. The rapture was for me. Amen. The title to the earth was not for God. And Jesus didn't need it just as a man. You needed the title. You need the title to divine healing and all the promises. You need the title to every word of God. The transfer of the book that was opened by the Lamb comes only when the mystery of the seals becomes a message to the seventh angel on earth. Notice the first thing as it comes in the transferring. As the message comes of his coming, it comes as a prophet bringing his message. He shouts, uh, he cries, he shouts as a lion roars. Notice that. Let's go back there. I think that's in verse 3. And he cried. That word is shouted. He wasn't boohooing. He wasn't, he wasn't needing a Kleenex. He was shouting. Amen. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a with a shout. That's the first phase of his return. And his return to that phase and it comes to a prophet bringing a message to turn our hearts back to the faith. To put the book back in our hands again. To return you back to what Paul preached. So this one who holds the open book in his hand descends with it. It's not to remain in the heavens. But the title of the lost estate is being transferred by an anointing from the Lamb as the mighty angel descends from heaven. This is not a physical return. Amen. This is very supernatural. Amen. Amen. It's a very supernatural. It's not some 900 foot tall Jesus with one foot on land, one foot on the sea. It is a very, very supernatural coming. And as he comes, the first thing he does is he gives possession to his feet over the powers in the land and in the sea. Read the Bible. There was there out of the land come a beast, out of the sea come a beast. Revelation 13. Amen. But when the mighty angel comes down, he gives a a people power over the land and over the sea, over the beast powers that are there. Now, if you read the Bible, you'll know one of them that came up out of the, uh, that, that came out of the sea, which means, according to the symbology of Revelation, multitudes, nations, and kindreds, and tongues of people, that it was Rome that raised up there. And that Roman Catholic doctrine that raised up to conquer, you have been given a message to conquer it. No longer can Rome hold you under his power. You don't take his baptism. You don't take her Godhead. You don't take her priesthood. You don't take none of it. Come on. Because the word of God gives you power over it. 
It places his feet, which is his body, on the very head of the beast system. Amen. How many believes you got your power? Your foot. This message gave you a, a footing. You put, gave you the power to put your head on the feast of the, the, the head of the Antichrist spirit. Amen. That's what it did. But now notice it also out of the land. And out of the land rises another spirit. It's the American spirit. It's the spirit of Hollywood. It's the spirit that makes you cut your hair and paint your face and do all kinds of Jezebel things. Right? Amen. It's the spirit of worldliness that creeps in and permeates the age and makes her lukewarm and cold and powerless. But I want you to know that God sent you a message to give you power over that. Amen. And that is, there is men and women here in this church today that has power over that spirit that rose up out of the land where, which was not inhabited. Where America rose up from a people where there was no multitudes and kindreds and nations and tongues and people. Now, so God has given you power. And he's holding those powers down until he lifts his bride out of here. One day God's going to lift his feet. I'm talking about you. He's going to take his feet off the earth. And when he does, all hell will break loose. Amen. You ain't seen nothing to what's coming. Amen. You think the Chinese uh, um, Communist Party is, has released a disease there that's affected the world and the economies of the world? You think that's something? You just wait. You know, they're already, they're already studying and taking now genetic materials through, and samples throughout all of the nations and collecting genetic materials so that they can design germ warfare that can, will only target certain segments of humanity, certain races that they want to exterminate or make powerless. Amen. I'll tell you what, you better get ready to leave from here. There's going to be things that break loose during the tribulation period that you don't want to be a part of. Are you with me? Amen. Let me, but, let, but let me tell you, friends, right now, we have the opportunity to prepare ourselves to leave from here. Now, the transfer of the book that was opened by the Lamb only comes when the mystery of the seals becomes a message through the seventh angel on earth. This is what was promised. That in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, the seven sealed voices would be made known. Once this message is given by the seventh angel, then John, who is symbolic of the bride, is commanded to go and take possession of the book. In other words, become the arm through which the power will be welded. Once the silence is broken, the book is transferred to the hands of the bride. We're not living in the days of the silence or the sealing up. We're the days of the voice. Come on, church. This is not the time of silence. We've had silence for seven ages. But this is the hour where the silence has been broken.
and the mysteries are now been revealed. Amen. And the coming of the mighty angel that begins with a shout, with a message to a prophet, now continues with a voice in the bride. Hallelujah. It's the voice of the resurrection. It is the voice of the archangel. What archangel? The same one in Revelation 10. That's the only archangel in the Bible that speaks out that you take it and prophesy again. Now, so he says, go and take the book and eat it. Revelation 10 and verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, said, go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and on the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up. And it shall make thy belly bitter. But it shall be in thy mouth as sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. And as soon as I ate it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, thou must prophesy again. In other words, the words that you have taken must come back out as prophecy. It must become out as words against your mountain to make your mountains move. The message is not something just to go on your, in your collection of books and tapes. It is not just something to be in your library. The message is to be digested and ate. And when it does, it ought to make a rumble inside of you that you've got to prophesy. You've got to start speaking this word. You've got to start speaking against your enemy. You cannot remain silent. Silence is broken. You cannot remain quiet. It's not an hour to remain quiet. It's an hour to sound it. To prophesy it. To say you will be healed. You shall be delivered. We will have miracles. We shall see miracles. We shall see giants fall. Amen. We, it must cause the people to prophesy again. As they prophesied in the book of Acts. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you must meditate therein, digest it, and prophesy. You use it as an anointed word against the enemy. Amen. You proclaim it to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. The wonderful works of God. This ought to be our message. You know, a lot lot of people think, you know, our message is just... Uh, nonsensical mysteries. That's not our message. Our message is he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the I am God. He saves. He heals. He delivers. He sets free. Come on, church. That's our message. Our message is of 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 a rapture, of a change, of a resurrection. And if there's going to be a resurrection, there has to be divine healing. Or there's no resurrection. Well, if God can't heal a part of your body, then how in the world can he take somebody from ashes and bring them back again? Amen. Let me just tell you, this word, 
God showed it to you. This word created squirrels in the mouth of a prophet. Amen. Brother Branham was told, he said, he said uh, that, that God did this to challenge his faith. I'll read you the quote here in a minute. Let me just, let me just read it to you right now, what, what he said about it. He said, in the perfect faith, he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but can believe it. If he can create squirrels who has no way at all and nothing there to believe, it's my own faith that goes and does that. My faith in what he challenged me to ask. He challenged me to ask it, and I received his challenge in obedience to his word. I asked it, and it appeared. God in heaven knows that that is true. He says, can he also heal the sick? If he can lift me with the faith up this way even for the people, if they can, can't climb into that bracket, if they can't do it, he can use my faith. He can lift me to that place, and I'm climbing for you, I'm believing for you, and I'm speaking for you. Well, what about you? Come on, church. We just can't designate this to a prophetical ministry. We got to bring this right on down to ourselves. Amen. God has made a challenge in this day, a challenge for people to believe. Amen. When Brother Branham viewed this great scene, you know, as, as, we, as we see it here, you know, it was God telling him, look, you can speak to your mountain. And your mountain will have to move. Amen. Notice here, this book must not depart out of your mouth, but you must meditate in it. You must digest it. And you must speak it. You must prophesy. You must use it as an anointed word against your enemy. Amen. You must proclaim it to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, the wonderful works of God. It created squirrels in the mouth of a prophet. Do we believe that? Amen. God did it to challenge us to believe in the impossible. I'm saying it again. God did that to challenge you to believe in the impossible. Amen. The word, this word there, it saved Hattie Wright's voice. Amen. God did this to challenge you to believe that God will save the impossibles. It drove back a storm. God did this to challenge you to believe that the word spoken by a believer will drive back any storm. Amen. And clear the way where you can walk with God from mortal back to immortality. The word spoken vanquished a tumor. Amen. God did this to challenge you to believe that the words of this book are creative words. The words of this title deed will cause the worst of demons to fall in the name of Jesus. Amen. It gave life to a dead fish. God did that to challenge you to believe that he that can raise up even a fish can surely resurrect the dead in Christ. You must prophesy. You must speak 
the word. Amen. It's going to take a, somebody really strong to do this. Really courageous. Come on, church. Joshua would put this into effect when he would one day need more light. Amen. He needed just a little more light in order to defeat all the enemy. Some of them was going to get away. And he was determined not one of them was going to get away. And he looks out there and he looks, the light is fading. And he, he begins to speak to the sun. And he said, sun, you stand still and moon, you stay right here. Now, I don't know how God did that. That ain't important. All I know is the light stayed. Is that right? Amen. Because a man was fearless to believe that what God said was right. God, you have given me this land, and, it's, and the enemy is getting away from us. We got him on the run, but we got to get him totally extinguished. And in order to do that, I need some more light. So sun, you stand still. Moon, you stay in your place. Hallelujah. That was a man that was reckless and fearless with his testimony. He looked right at the impossible, and he said, let that sun stand still. You must prophesy. You must speak the words. It is you to be the final voice to the final age. When Brother Bradham viewed this great scene in Revelation 5, he saw the work of the intercessor that he advanced to in his intercessory work to take the book and to loose his seals. He saw the blood as a bleach. Now remember, this is very key. Thou hast by thy blood... Has, has purchased us, redeemed us from every tribe, nation, tongue, and people. Is that right? So he saw the blood as a bleach that had removed every particle of sin. The sin from the, the, sin from the believer, the sins even of the unbelief of the past ages. The abstract declared the book is free from any hindrance as, as in the hands of a mediator the seals were removed and every debt against the title cleared. Amen. Oh my, this, uh, this ought to make us feel religious right now to know that the title deed has been cleared of every hindrance, every reason why that you can't take it. Amen. Has been removed. Amen. Notice this. This makes the church to stand in the same position that Adam was before the fall. A son of God with the power of creation. Amen. He knew this because God particularly showed him the power manifested when a believer's faith and the word came together. And he said, God told me to speak those squirrels. And he said, he, and I did it. It was my faith that did it in answer to the challenge that he made. Amen. Amen. What about a people in this day? We can't be a faithless people. Amen. There's got to be a people that rises up. I, I wonder if with the things that we have heard about in the prophet's ministry were not more than God just showing us God can do these things. 
Oh, he's a wonderful God. He's a great God, and he can do these things. Marvelous are his words. I wonder if he wasn't challenging our faith to ask in obedience to his word. For somebody to observe to do all that's written in the book. For people to rise up with faith who will say to their mountain, be moved. You got mountains in your family. You got mountains in your home. You got mountains. We got mountains right here in this church. Come on, church. We got mountains everywhere that needs to be spoken to. Amen. Not cried about. Amen. But spoken to. This is what he said to Moses. Why do you cry to me? I done told you you're going to meet me on the mountain. I done told you I'm going to change mortals to immortality. I done told you there's going to be a rapture in the translation. I done told you you're in the rapture age. And this is the eagle age and the rapture age. This is a day of your inheritance. I done told you I'm going to meet you on this mountain where that there will be a translation. And if there is divine healing, there has to be a resurrection. And if there's no resurrection, there's no divine healing. Are you with me? Amen. God was challenging our faith to ask in obedience to his word. For people to rise up with faith who will say to this mountain, be moved and be cast in the sea. Now church, Brother Branham found out this was in the atonement. When he, was, when he was talking about it, he was wondering, you know, to himself and considering the scripture and thinking about it and pondered on it. I can't preach on this. I don't understand it. You know, that, you know, if you say to this mountain, he said, it must have been before the atonement because, you know, uh, rather than in the atonement. And God stops him and said, no, it's in the atonement. Amen. Now, if it's in the atonement, then it's for everyone that it atones for. Some want to just make it for the prophet himself because they, they, they've got this whole personality cult going. Amen. And all, so only their personality can do it because it might take away from their personality. But let me just tell you right now, let me tell you, if it's in the atonement, it's for everyone that it atones for. So if the blood has atoned for you, then mountain moving faith is yours. That power lays in the atonement. That means there's not a believer here but what can speak to their mountain. And their mountain will hear their voice. I want you to get it. Your mountain must hear your voice. It's one thing for your mountain to hear my voice or somebody else's voice or your favorite preacher's voice, but your mountain's got to hear your voice. You taking God challenging your faith to reach out for his promises. <laughs> Amen. So it's an atonement. Creative work belongs in the church of Jesus Christ. Now, now this could happen under the blood of the Old Testament. How many knows that? Under the lamb's blood, the woolly lamb. Moses would go and 
he would exercise also faith in what God told him to do. God challenged him to do things, and, and he did it in obedience. Is that right? He went down and he showed the signs to Israel. That's the one he showed to first. And they wouldn't listen. So he goes back under the anointing of God with the very voice of God to speak things into existence. And he says, let their flies come. And there wasn't a fly in the country. And all of a sudden, you know, after he spoke the word of God, amen, an old green fly started circling around. And then, they, then before you know, there were two pounds per square yard. Come on. Amen. First thing, you know, look, you, you look for the two pounds first. God wants you to see the little hand in the cloud. Elijah didn't have to see anything, any big thing. All he had to see, I saw the uh, cloud about like a man's hand. He said, that's enough. That's all I need to break the drought. I, in the hands of God, that cloud will become a great cloud. And there'll be a great rain. And he goes down and he acts on his faith. And he said, get ready here, Ahab. Prepare your chariots and get home because I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Yeah. Hallelujah. This was, this was Elijah. That's all he saw. Moses spoke, maybe all he saw was a green fly. But that green fly began to multiply to two. And two became four, and four became eight, and eight became 16. 16 became 32, and 32 became 64. And I can't get past that. <laughs> Until they were in the millions and billions. Till you couldn't open your mouth. Amen. You couldn't open your mouth without a fly in it. Couldn't bat your eye without pushing a fly out. You couldn't, you couldn't blow your nose without getting tin out. Amen. It was a plague. Oh, you don't think so? God will torment your enemies. If he won't let God's people go, when God says let him go, God will bring torment on the devil. He's not going to let him stay there. I have come down for deliverance, and God is determined. And he'll torment devils until they have to flee. I'm telling you, you ought to get ready for your devils to be tormented. Amen. For them to run from you because you are a blood-washed, blood-bought son or daughter of the living God. And you've got a right to a divine promise. <laughs> and that was under the blood of bulls and goats. But what about this lamb? What about this spotless lamb? What about this blood? Creative work. Creative work belongs in the church of Jesus Christ. I'm quoting Brother Branham now. Creative work belongs in the church of Jesus Christ today. Creative work that belongs in the church of Jesus Christ today. Under the blood of Jesus Christ by his word. That we're in contact with him. No difference. The word that we hear is, is here and it's God. And we see him standing there. We know it's him speaking to us. Same thing. I've seen it done. I know it's right. And it's with the Bible. 
And I just say today, God, lift us up to that faith. Somebody's going to have to start believing this. Somebody's going to have to look at it and say, I'm going to observe to do all that is written in the book. If he said to speak to mountains, I'm going to speak to mountains. Come on. If he said to torment my enemies, I'm going to start tormenting the devil more than he's tormenting me. I'm sick and tired of being 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 sick and tired. God lift us up with the faith, with true revelation, knowing what the bleach of the blood has done by his blood. By the blood of a lamb, Moses could speak under that covenant. Under the blood of the lamb, we can speak under that covenant. God did this. He demonstrated it so we know it works. Is that right? When you receive the Holy Ghost, your sins are placed on the head of your accuser. For they are, they are attributed to your first birth. But when you're born again, you're born this time as a son or a daughter of God. Hallelujah. And as a son or daughter of God, as we've said, you didn't do it in the first place. You didn't do it in God's thinking. Because he never thought of you as a failure. He never thought of you as a loser. You say, Brother Tim, I've been a loser. That's your first birth. With God, you can't lose. When you're born again of his spirit, you can't lose. You are a winner. Amen. You will win over everything you come up against. Amen. Nothing will stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail thee. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. I'm with you. Let me just read to you about a Holy Ghost filled son. You want to know about one? Amen. Brother Branham there was preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost. One of the greatest ones you want to listen to it is God, God hiding himself in simplicity. Remember, I asked you to, to listen to that in Albuquerque. Brother Branham was talking about it at the altar call and and he was saying, Lord Jesus, in the way of humility, in the way of humbleness, I offer you this congregation that's on their feet. I offer them to you because they've stood in response to the call. They are seeking deeper things. They are seeking more life after hearing that the blood of Jesus so thoroughly cleanses that there's no more nothing that the complete Word of God rests within them, that the very command of their own voice is creative power because in them is the Holy Ghost. And this Holy Ghost is a creator. He makes things come to pass because he speaks the word and the word spoken becomes God in action. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you imagine a people in this day then under an atoning blood? Thou hast redeemed us by thy blood. And we're sinless before him. Guiltless before him. Can speak a word of creation because there's nothing against us. 
We have a right to as sons of God. We can stand on the promise of God and knowing that our, our, our sin was first put in the sea of his forgetfulness and never to be remembered us against us no more at all. Are you with me? Amen. Oh, my. Think about it. Think about it, Brother David Vermillion, right here at that altar last night. What happened to you? Your sins, which for many, are all washed away. Never to be remembered against you anymore. Amen. Your future is clear. Your slate is clean. There is nothing against you. You are pure and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And your past is no more. It's obliviated in his presence. Hallelujah. That ought to make every, every prodigal rejoice. That ought to make every man and woman rejoice. My sins are gone and I stand redeemed. But by the precious blood of Jesus and the devil has no more claim on me. But I am a word born, inbred by the Holy Ghost. The power inborn in me as a son of God speaking a word of creation. Now we are the sons of God. It don't appear what we shall be, but we know this. When we see him, and we shall see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and worship God. Hallelujah. Praise be the name of God. If under the commission of blood of bulls and goats, he can say, let there be flies. Oh, and it was the creative word of God spoke by the lips of mortal man. What about you today? Hallelujah. That you stand redeemed in his presence. Speak in terms. On speaking terms with him. Let the musicians come. Amen. The blood has permanently endued you with inborn power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's sing. There's power. Wonder-working power in the blood. Amen. Sing it with new meaning this morning. Your people under the blood. Amen. Every sin of yours has went back on the head of your accuser. You're not going to be the one that goes to hell. He'll go with the, to hell with it. Hallelujah. Think about everything the devil tried to do to you. It's been turned on you. Back on him now. And you're free. Redeemed. He gave you the title to this book. It's your promise. Every word in it is a word of power. Take any promise. I am the Lord God that heals all thy diseases. It's your promise. Amen. If any is sick, let him, be, let him pray. The prayer of faith will save the sick and God shall raise them up. And if there is any sin, it shall be forgiven them. Amen. Isn't that wonderful to be justified like that before the communion service tonight? 
that you can stand in his presence. You can take that and say, I'm a part of this body and I've drank of that blood. I have his life within me. It can cleanse you today. You don't have to remain in sin and, and trespasses. You don't have to remain bound by pornography and addictions, smoking or drinking or drugs or alcohol or sex devils all over you. You don't have to. You can be free to serve the living God. There's power in this blood. Amen. There's a cleansing power. David wants to be prayed with this morning before he goes to water baptism. Maybe there's somebody else want to get up out of your pew and come down. You hear of a blood that cleanses. You hear of a blood that power that gives power. Why don't you just move right out of your seat and just come down and say, Lord, I've been a prodigal. I've run far away from God, but I want to come home today. I hear there's a God who's real. I hear there's a God who heals. I hear there's a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I hear there's a God among you that makes cancers vanish. Words of life coming out and saying your enemy is dead. I hear of a God that heals brain bleeds, makes little crippled children walk. I hear of a God that puts blind eyes and makes them well again. I hear of a God, he's my God. And he didn't just leave it in the heavens. He sent an anointing down with it for here on earth. Amen. It's mine to take out of the hand of the angels, but you've got to have some fearless people who quit saying, I'm worthy, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no good, I, I, I'm just an outcast. You've got to have somebody that's fearless in their testimony. I know what the blood has done for me. I know the power of this blood. I know what it can do. I know how it can redeem. I know how it can forgive. I know how it can pardon. I have found the blood that pardons. I have found the power that heals. Hallelujah, it's in Jesus. Here's one coming down. You brothers meet him right there. Come on down, David. Amen, it's your turn too. Amen. We're going to sing this, this together. We're going to worship God here for a moment. Just stand there, there. You're right at the spot you were last night. Praise God. You're right at the spot you were last night. Amen, right at the place where we knelt last night. You're right there again this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. This man's life has run to his fingers like grains of sands. Years ago, he had a dream that the trumpet was sounding, and he wasn't right. And he'd been playing in the sand. And his life has been running through his fingers like grains of sand. Brother Johnny, come pray with him. Amen. Some of you other brothers, Brother George, come on. Anybody else want to pray? Come on. Amen. This is it. Give me a verse, Adriana. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Oh, power in the blood. Would you or 
Amen. But you come to yourself. Amen. The Holy Spirit has moved in your life. It wouldn't let you sleep. It wouldn't let you rest. It's moved on your heart. It's moved on your life. Now, I curse every demon, every spirit, every enemy that has held this one captive. And I command him to go in the name of Jesus Christ. As a king that been made by my God, have dominion. I take dominion over this right now in the name of Jesus. Over every spirit of it. Every lying spirit. Every fornicating spirit. Every pornography spirit. Every spirit of the enemy. No matter what it's been. Every adulterous spirit. Every spirit. Every spirit of cursing. Every spirit. Every addiction. I break it in the name of Jesus and I command the devil to take his hands on the God property right now in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood that was shed in Calvary right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many will rejoice with me this morning? How many, how many will say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Here's another chronicle. You promised us. You promised us. You promised our children. You promised them that are far off. You promised that many of the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
He's the worthy lamb this morning. Amen. Our sins, which were many, are all washed away. And we're so thankful for that. Amen. I, I, I want Timothy to sing that song in a moment. I'm amazed that he loved me. I'm amazed that he cared. You know, this is, this is one thing. God's amazing grace will never let you go too far. Amen. He'll bring you out in that right moment, in that right time. This is David Vermillion. He's uh, many years ago, there I was interim pastor in Anniston, Alabama, after the death of George Lickers. David was a young man in the church, and he made a start with the Lord. But from there, he's wandered away from God, but he's come home. He's a prodigal returning. As I prophesied and said, God is sending prodigals back home. Amen. This is even one of the reasons why we built extra spaces in this building, because we knew prodigals were coming back home. Amen. You can just look for it. You can count on it. Amen. Amen. You can count on it. You ought to be believing your loved one's going to be the next one. Amen. Brother David just testified to me. He said, this day is the day of my death. I died, and I'm coming to be buried, and he's going to be resurrected in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Typing out the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So you see, this is why we have the crucifix behind us here, because we are crucified with Christ. We're dead with him. Our sins are crucified with him on that cross. And we rise justified to serve the living God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this moment in time that you have dealt with the heart. Here's a, a man that one day was a young man that I knew. And Lord, chose the wrong path, went down the wrong way, Lord, wandered far away from you. He was like the prodigal. He's had his share of times with the pigs. But Lord, he is here today because he remembers in his father's house there is something much more than being just a swine feeder and an eater with the swine. But he can be a child of God. And Lord, we know today you have put out the best robe, putting a ring on his finger, position him as a son that he will raise up with a new life, never to serve sin this day anymore. In Jesus name. Now as I baptize him with water, Lord, you fill him with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Brother David Vermillion, as the Lord Jesus has sent me into the world to preach the gospel, ordain me to preach the gospel. I today have been commissioned by him to baptize those that believe in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And so in, in obedience to that divine command, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, salvation has come to this house. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. No one knew how alone I was feeling. And the emptiness I tried so hard to hide. 
Yeah. 